Hi, I'm your host, Brendan Byrne. Before we get started, I wanted to take a quick minute and tell you how this podcast is funded. Are We There Yet is a production of WMFE, an independent public radio station here in Orlando. We get our funding from listeners just like you. Now, with this funding model, we're able to explore topics in depth and with no bounds, just like this podcast. So if you value the independent exploration of this program, help fuel those efforts. You can do that by making a donation online at wmfe.org slash support. And as a gift for your donation of $32.10, 3210, get it? We'll send you the official Are We There Yet mission patch. If you've already given or plan to, I just want to say thanks. All right, on to the show. From the studios at WMFE in Orlando, Florida, this is the Space Exploration Podcast that asks the question, Are We There Yet? Hi, I'm Brendan Byrne. It has been a busy few weeks for Moon News. Last week, the Israeli nonprofit Space IL attempted to land on the surface of the moon, a first for a private group. While the landing wasn't successful, the attempt garnered the support of hundreds of thousands of people around the globe watching the event unfold in real time. And last month, the Trump administration charged NASA with putting humans on the moon in the next five years. NASA Administrator Jim Bridenstine has been busy lining up the details from securing funding from Congress to figuring out what rockets to use to get there. So to make sense of all this moon news, I called Alex Stuckey. She's the space and science reporter for the Houston Chronicle and joins us now. Alex, thanks for speaking with us. Thanks for having me. Well, let's start uh, kind of a heartbreaking moment last week um, watching the Beersheet lander um, kind of crash on the moon. Um, Not what uh, the team expected, uh, but it's still a reason to celebrate, right? Uh, What were your uh, reactions to uh, watching that lander last week? You know, I think it it was kind of heartbreaking to watch them. Um, I I think a lot of us were watching the live stream and they, everyone was very excited. And then, you know, the clapping just kind of sort of started dying down and it was all in Hebrew. So, I certainly had no idea what was going on, but you could sort of tell by people's faces that something bad had happened. And, um, you know, it's kind of the the tiny nation that could and they they almost could. Um, so I think it's it was pretty, pretty sad to see them fail right at the end. What do you make of the mission itself? I mean, this on paper, it's kind of an unremarkable landing mission, right? It's just going to land. It wasn't even going to hop or take any or take just take a few photos. Um, but it really captivated, you know, tens of thousands of people just on the live stream watching it, but hundreds of thousands across the globe. What do you make of, of people behind Beersheet? Well, I mean, I think, you know, this is something Israel has never done before and um, sort of the kind of the underdog scenario, right, of, you know, this this country that has sort of just kind of started their space agency and they haven't gotten super far and, you know, they went they went for a moon and they didn't even go for just sort of this like crashing into it that a lot of countries do right at the beginning. They were they went for landing and they got really close. And I think, you know, it's it's exciting because it, I think like with with China, some in the U.S. still kind of see them as an enemy. So when China landed on the moon in January, it wasn't quite as you know, exciting, but here these aren't necessarily hostile people to us, right? So when they landed, um, I think, or when they tried to land, I think people 
you know, just got really excited about it. Do you get the sense that other organizations and private companies were watching this closely as there are quite a few private companies that have lunar ambitions themselves? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think when you get that close to landing something on the moon that only costs $100 million, everyone's watching closely. Um, And, you know, obviously... They didn't succeed, but they got, I mean, the engine shut down 500 feet from the surface. That is super close. Um, And they are going to try again. So I think, you know, people will continue looking to them to see how they were able to build something on such a small budget in comparison to other projects. And as you mentioned, Alex, um, an announcement um, over the weekend that uh, Space IL would try again. Um, That's probably going to bring just the, the same amount of, of intrigue and uh, folks rallying behind the spacecraft, uh, do you think? Oh, I'm sure. Um, you know, last week they said they would spend this week conducting some tests to try to figure out exactly what went wrong, but they are are moving forward, it seems like, and it's obviously not clear how quickly or how much it's going to cost or when it will actually launch again because, you know, Bearsheet was eight an eight-year project, essentially, and um, I would think it wouldn't take them quite as long this time around, but all those are still unclear. But I think people are really going to be following what they're doing um, from here on out. Well, from uh, Israel's moonshot to uh, the U.S.'s moonshot, um, as I'm sure our listeners know, uh, Vice President Mike Pence and the Trump administration have charged NASA with uh, putting humans on the moon in five years. They set a deadline for 2024. Um, there's been a little uncertainty of, of what that plan would actually entail, but we've been starting to kind of unravel that um, uh, throughout the past few weeks. Bring us up to speed. Where are we on Moonshot 2024? Well, um, so uh, NASA Administrator Jim Bridenstine was actually here on Saturday, and I talked to him a little bit about that. Um, and it seems like they're sort of starting to formulate a plan <laughs> for this you know, what's so, so weird about um, the announcement is, you know, it came from the vice president in March and it came very quickly after the Trump administration cut half a billion dollars out of NASA's budget, or that's what they have proposed, right? Congress still has to approve it. But um, he announces this without any kind of plan and without any kind of funding stream. So now NASA is trying to sort all that out. Um, Jim told me that they would have a budget to Congress by late April, early May. So that's, you know, coming up. Um, And he said that it it appears at this point that it's very, um, it relies very heavily on the Space Launch System rocket, Mm -hmm. which is, um, you know, problematic to say the least because there's been so much struggle Mm -hmm. over getting that in the air. Um, and that it, it all kind of depends on that. Um, mm. they're going to fly three missions with SLS. Um, and the, the third one would be, you know, going to the gateway and then a lander going from the gateway to the moon. Mm-hmm. And, and there had been talks of, of, or, or kind of ideas thrown out of, of looking at other commercial rockets as opposed to SLS, right? But it, it seemed like, um, Bridenstine kind of said, yeah, we looked at that and that's not going to work. Yeah, um, talk about whiplash for like two weeks every day. It changed what we were doing. Um, but yeah, so they they looked at a number of different ways to get a commercial rocket ready to launch Orion. Um, they did find one that potentially could work, 
but they can't get it ready in time to hit a 2020 launch, which, you know, is understandable because it's, you know, April of 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Boeing told NASA, okay, it's going to take until 2021 for SLS. And NASA said no. And they're trying to figure out how to get it back into 2020 right now. Mm-hmm. Um, not the June that was originally planned, but probably later in the year. Mm-hmm. And I'd be interested to, to hear your thoughts on speaking with Jim Bridenstine over the weekend about this. I mean, I'm sure he had his talking points, but did he seem confident in, in the plan, uh, explaining it to you? Um, I mean, yes, he sort of has to, right? But yeah. he did say to me, you know, if we continue to have issues with SLS, we might move forward with these other commercial options, you know, have those kind of on the back burner. Whether that actually happens or not, I don't know. But there was, you know, a level of hesitancy there. How could there not be, right? We've just seen so many problems with SLS. Uh, It's not ready now. And to hinge a whole, like, you know, moonshot initiative on this rocket we can't get in the air is, you know, a Mm -hmm. little little problematic. (laughs) And that puts a lot of pressure on, you know, one contractor, right? You know, now it it all falls on Boeing to get this done. Right, exactly. Um. Alex Stuckey, uh, tell me a little bit about what's what's to come here. Uh, you mentioned briefly that uh, Administrator Bridenstine said that there would be a budget uh, amendment to uh, uh, NASA's budget request to Congress. Is that kind of the next big milestone we have to wait on to see what's going to happen with this plan? I think so, um, you know, because you can shout at the top of your lungs that we're going to the moon in five years, but where's the money, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, And that's what um, Jim spoke in front of Congress pretty soon after this announcement from the vice president. And they were saying the same thing. Like, we don't we don't know what to give you. We don't have any plan for this. We don't know what's going on. So I think it will really um, that will really be the next thing. Um, Judging from the past couple of months, who knows? But um, Mm -hmm. that should be the next thing that really shows us um, what this plan is going to look like. But again, they're going to need a significant amount more money to get this done. And I'm not sure that we'll get through Congress. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll just have to see. What is your sense from the folks that you're talking to out there in Houston? Uh, you know, a, a very storied community when it comes to aerospace folks. And, and you're also very connected doing what you do. Is this a viable option to to people that are inside the industry? Do they think that this can actually happen? I mean, I think there's a lot of cynicism about it, you know, because how many times has a speech like this happened and then money hasn't followed it? So I think everyone's just kind of like, A, don't get your hopes up, and B, we definitely can't get our hopes up or start working on this because there's no money anywhere. Um, so I think, you know, people are feeling cynical. You know, it's funny. I talked to um, a Apollo 7 astronaut, Walt Cunningham, a couple weeks ago, and he was like, you know, what plan? It's it, We can say 2024 all we want, but there is no plan to get us there. Um, so again, I think, you know, ranging from the Apollo guys to the people working at NASA right now, everyone's just kind of, I don't know if confused is the right word, but they just they're they're feeling you know a little a little cynical about this i think a little a little a little hesitant mm-hmm. there's a lot of pieces in play there's sls these commercial partners there's also this lunar gateway 
How does the gateway fit into this, and does that kind of hinder or hurt these uh, 2024 ambitions? So what they want to do is um, basically have the gateway up by, like, before 2024. When before 2024 is unclear. But it, it needs to be there and before the, and the, the gateway. 2020- the gateway is, I'm using air quotes here, a space station around the moon, <laughs> yeah. right? Okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but they, so they... Want it around orbiting the moon before that, the you know the lunar surface mission, so that people would go up on the SLS Orion, um, and they would go to the Orion would dock to Gateway. There would already be a lunar lander docked to Gateway as well, so they would essentially come out of Orion, hang out on the Gateway for some period of time, and then take the lander down to the surface. Then they basically do the same thing backwards to get home. Um, but again, you have to get the gateway up and, and the plans for gateway are still, you know, I don't want to say up in the air, but they're not super concrete. We only so far have one concrete partner, which is Canada. Um, and, you know, I, I think they're still trying to figure out how they're going to get up there right now. They're saying that a commercial company would send the initial pieces of this mini space station up into orbit because, you know, SLS has to focus on, you know, getting Orion and making sure that all works. So I think there's, like you said, there's a lot of moving pieces and to have all of those ready in five years is a lot. Mm -hmm. And there's also a little bit of pushback from the public that they're going to have to deal with, right? There's, There's folks that are saying, Listen, you know, we're coming up on the 50th anniversary of Apollo 11. We've already been to the moon. Why is this something that we want to do again? And and that's something else that NASA has to contend with, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, this is, of course, a geopolitical move. I mean, there are other countries going to the moon, so we need to be there. Um, but that's something they've been dealing with for decades. You know, why go back to the moon? We've already been there. Does it really matter like how old the rocks are? You know, I think from a geological standpoint, it's very interesting, but making that into something that makes sense to normal people, it's not, it's not quite as easy as a, of a sell as opposed to we're going to Mars. This is going to be awesome, which is what they had in the 60s when we went to the moon. But of course, Mars is so far off that, you know, we don't really even have a date on it or a plan. Um, so I think, you know, that will be something that NASA continues to struggle with. Mm-hmm. Now, pull out your crystal ball, Alex, and do you see yourself in five years from now writing the headlines, humans return to the moon? I mean, I would love to, <laughs> but I, I honestly, I don't think anyone can really say anything until we see this budget. You know, I sort of, I sort of find it hard to believe that we will be able to get that much money from Congress, especially given this most recent suggested budget cut, which obviously came from the president, but not not Congress, but that is, you know, that comes into play too. So I think we're going to need a lot of money and we're going to need SLS to actually start working, which it has, it is struggling to do. Mm -hmm. So I want to say yes, but I'm not sure. (laughs) What are you hearing from experts? Like how this is billions of dollars more that would be needed to add on to the budget, right? Oh yes, absolutely. 
Um, you know, it, we were able to get to the moon in the sixties because we had so much money, you know, at, at a certain point, NASA had 5% of the budget that would never happen. Now we have like 0.4% now. So I think, you know, people are comparing it. Well, look at what we did with Apollo, but like the money doesn't match up. So I think we're going to find that we need a lot more money quickly. And I don't know that that's going to fly in this, you know, in this time. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's all going to come down to money, and that happens in the next few weeks when um, Bridenstein delivers his amended uh, congressional budget request. So you'll obviously be keeping an eye on that, I assume. Yes, yeah, I will be. Well, we've been speaking with Alex Stuckey. She's the space and science reporter at Houston Chronicle. Alex, thanks for bringing us up to speed on Moon 2024. Yeah, thanks for having me. And you can follow all of Alex's reporting from the Houston Chronicle online or give her a follow on Twitter. She's at Alex D. Stuckey. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Here at WMFE, we are in our silent drive. We're here to remind listeners that our programming is supported by you. So if you value this program and the independent journalism this organization provides, give a gift of support. You can do that on our website at WMFE.org. The conversation continues online. Follow us on Facebook, search Are We There Yet Podcast, or send us a tweet. We're at AWTY Mars, Are We There Yet Mars, get it? Or if you have a story, idea, or guest pitch, send me an email, Are We There Yet at WMFE.org. And more space news from this organization is online at WMFE.org slash space. And until next time, I'm Brendan Byrne. Thanks for listening. <laughs>